Tune in to Idiocy every day, week, month, or whenever we release. We talk about nothing for a second, minute, hour, or longer than you think is possible. But we're here to do the impossible. Cause I'm a hope, he's Walt, and it's time for the Hold and Walt Show. Yeah! Firstly, I'd like to say. The jingle is fantastic, and I love it, and sometimes I just listen to it. <laughs> I'm glad you like it. Um, I think it needs a little a little bit of a re-record, maybe, but uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, season three, it's about time we had one. Yes, yeah. No, I think it's it's nice. Season three, the third year, basically. This is episode two. We're actually consistent. I mean... Once every Ish. six weeks, eight <laughs> weeks, 12 weeks, well, maybe. Yeah, we can still get this out in Feb. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. I'm very pleased to see your lovely face. You Thank look, you. Your, your skin looks like a warm, healthy color. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you very much. Same, same color as usual, I think. It might be the uh, dull orange glow of the light in this room. Um, I think so. It looks like a, a good, a really well done tan thank you very much i have not been i've basically not been outside in the last six months so it's unlikely to be much of a tan but i I appreciate the the compliment and you of course as always chiseled jawline i can see there the 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 long hair that's growing in makes you a devilishly handsome man i have to say okay yeah thank you very much yeah that's kind was that too much I think I think we've I think we've patted each other on the back enough now. <laughs> Good sir. Yes. Tell me. Talk what me. have you watched? What have I been watching? Oh well. Well, I watched the new um you've seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre, haven't you? The original? I uh, no. You haven't. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't. That was my that was my 2021 um <laughs> New Year's resolution. Is to watch more horror films, and I and I watched two. You don't. What well, what were the two? Event Horizon and Get Out. Oh, you didn't watch Get Out until last year. Yeah, it's wow. really good. It's amazing. Mm. It's really good. Um, have you seen the trailer for his new film? Well, who's he? The director, um, Jordan Peele. Oh, uh, no. I, I still intend to see um, Candyman. It sounds good, but uh, I haven't seen the new trailer. What? Which one? Candyman's not by Jordan Peele. No? Did he write no. it, though? He produced it. Okay. It's done by his production company, I think. Um, you know, you, Do you know who Jordan Peele is? Yeah, he's a, a SNL, a Saturday yeah. Night Live comedian. Comedian. Is he from SNL? He does that. He's like with Key and Peele, isn't it? Mm, um, mm. I think that's why his movies work so well because there's quite a bit of comedy in there. But and he, I think he took his inspiration from Holt and Walt. You know, oh, yeah. yeah. A lot of people are inspired by us. Yeah, we are the most famous double act. Uh huh. That I can think of. Agreed. Um, the, the The problem with double acts is if one of us, I think you see this a lot with double acts. If one of us were to be, become really famous for some reason, mm. or ve- or very very successful. Then, then uh, you bring the other one up with you, right? But it or, never or are you oh, are you gonna say? Uh, it's the like um, the two Ronnies. You got to have both the same first name, otherwise you're left in the dust. Have you seen that movie about um, Laurel and Hardy? No, I haven't. I can't. I can't remember which one's the thin one and which one's the fat one. But mm. Steve Coogan plays the thinner one, and he he goes on to to be successful and wanting to do movies and things and then uh, the other guy feels a bit left behind um nick frost and simon Pegg, you know you're obviously uh, uh, yeah but i fe- i i don't understand why simon Pegg is more popular like other than he's in <laughs> more movies i think nick frost is the funnier actor be careful what you say because uh, simon Pegg is an ardent listener of our show oh right i Simon Pegg, I think you're all right. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, and uh, one of my favourite podcasts is um, the Adam Buxton podcast. Yep. And Joe, and, though. Yeah. 
because he it, they started, he started off they did a radio show very similar to what we're doing now basically where they just mm. talk mm. rubbish for ages yeah and that was adam buxton and what was the other guy uh joe cornish yeah joe cornish who's who's and Adam often talks about it on his podcast, how he feels jealous because Joe Cornish is now a super successful director. Yeah, but Adam Buxton has a book and a podcast and all the rest, you know, like he's also successful. I'm just saying that well-known double acts, they, they often, you often get one, you know, Mitch, Mitchell and Webb, uh, what are their names, David Mitchell and... Um, Robert Webb. Robert Webb. You see David Mitchell. I don't know. There might not be any animosity there, but you you do feel like one is more successful than the other, and perhaps. Well, are, are you suggesting that uh, we we cut our ties now? It's probably <laughs> the safest thing to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. Which thanks? Which one, thanks, everyone. Yeah. Uh, bye. <laughs> that's the end of the whole. Which one of us is yeah. going to be the um, famous successful one? Um, I I think before we decide that, we still have to figure out which one of us is the goldfish and which one is the angelfish. Oh, oh yeah. So I guess if if you are a listener, I mean there might be only one. Please comment on one of the things that you listen on and say, <laughs> which one do you think is uh, the goldfish? Which one is the angelfish? In nature. Which is the more successful fish? It depends how you look at it. If you had a gladiatorial battle royale between a clownfish and a goldfish, yeah, who's gonna win that? Well, I would say um, the angelfish because he lives more, you know, in the wild, whereas the goldfish has become sedentary, and uh, however, is more popular. So it depends what you're after. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're, they're both successful in their own right. We've really gone off piste here because we were talking about Jordan Peele. Yeah. <laughs> Get Out, and then he did Us. Have you seen Us? No. That's a good movie. And then his next movie is called Nope. Nope. It's just called Nope, and it's about mm-hmm. aliens coming to Earth. This is all because I was watching... Chainsaw Massacre. Okay, we're getting back on track here. Right, okay. I'm following I'm following now. We're back. So you've got the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, one of the most infamous, uh, well-regarded horror movies of all time. One of the most influential mm-hmm. horror movies of all time. Um, famous in large part because it was banned. I think it was never given a rating, which is this, effectively the same as banning it. But there's essentially no gore, no blood in it at all. Oh, really? Yeah, I think there's... There's a couple of tiny little glimpses of blood. Somebody cuts their finger at some point, I think. Um, but other than that, it's a kind of a bloodless movie. It, it's so notorious and, and, I guess, scary because it's just... It's a horrible situation that this girl finds herself in. And it's sort of... Um, it's just a really grim, bleak, relentless movie. And I think one of the reasons they banned it is because... There was no blood to cut out. You know, you couldn't really cut the movie to get it down to something which you could release because the whole movie is just so horrendous. And they've just done a new Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, mm-hmm. which they released on Netflix. And it just completely ignores the legacy of that movie. It's incredibly gory, very, very stupid, not at all scary. The there is a tendency for sequels to do that. Um, I actually watched a little a mini sort of video essay on on that, and it tends to be I can I can only say money, like there's an audience for it, and um, and whoever seems to produce these things just says okay, let's take the same elements from the old one and see if it works for a new one without being faithful to the core of what made it good. So with Jaws, there was a Jaws 2 and uh, apparently it's an absolute disaster. Mm. With Jur- Jurassic Park, there's Jurassic World and I guess the you know they seem to think that 
dinosaurs, vehicles hanging off buildings or in or off precipices and uh, that kind precipice, of stuff. Precipice, nice, nice, nice use of the word precipice there. Yeah, yeah. Um, seems to make a good movie, but this is this is all taken from from. Um, but it can it can be done well because a couple of years ago we had the Halloween reboot. Right. So there's, there's, you've got the original Halloween, and then you've got um, a plethora of movies which followed it, most of which are pretty bad. I mean, uh, they're still enjoyable to watch, but they, they don't really do anything for the story or the character. They're just sort of run-of-the-mill slasher movies. Um, mm. And then... I, I tell you what I thought was quite good. Um, Kick-Ass 2. Oh, I, didn't, a... I didn't like Kick-Ass too much. It, I, it wasn't as good as the first one, but it still... It grew the core element a little bit more. Are we just talking about general sequels, which we think are good now? Uh, I, we should get back to Chess, te- te- Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Well, I'll just finish what I'm saying because, yeah, in, in 2018 they released a new Halloween movie, but basically it retconned all of the movies after the original. So it picks up, it's a direct sequel to the first movie and acts like none of the others existed. Mm. And it was <clears throat> actually a good movie, good kills, develops the story, um, develops the character a bit. And that was a good thing to do with it. And the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which they just released, is exactly the same. It it because they made quite a lot of sequels to the original, and this new one ignores all of the sequels. So they could have done something quite good with it, mm. but instead it's just like a traditional, uh, like a, a traditional cheesy, sequel, <laughs> a, a stereotypical Bad. slasher movie. Just a guy with a chainsaw yeah. running around, cutting. Yeah. Up young people i mean they already did that in uh, dale and tucker versus evil with the <laughs> he hucked himself <laughs> into the wood chipper see now that's a good movie that's a good movie um there are a lot it... of good sequels i've not seen yeah. it but apparently the godfather 2 is better than godfather uh, i don't remember that one very well the lord of the rings you know all three of those Ah, yeah, you know, equal quality. Um, speaking of Kickass Two, I wanted to talk about something that I've seen recently, is which is quite popular. Uh, is Arcane? Just quickly, if you can think of um, this is for the listener. If you think right. of a movie or a movie series where one of the sequels, where the second in the series or something. Is better than the first. Let us know. How to Train Your Dragon 2. Is that better? Frozen 2? <laughs> I, I still haven't seen the first one. But I do think the second one is quite good. You've seen the second <laughs> one and not the first one? <laughs> no. No, unfortunately not. Okay. Yes, Arcane. I suggested this to you, so I guess you watched it. Yeah, so um, Arcane is a Netflix animated series that's been created to give a little bit of extra life to the video game League of Legends. The story revolves around two main characters, Vi and the other one called Powder. Yeah, it's a very, very clever rendition of a video game. It doesn't pay too much attention to the actual mechanics of the game and it focuses entirely on the characters their stories and basically in the game there are different lanes there's top lane middle lane bottom lane and Mm. in the series they play on that idea where top lane means you're the highest rung of society and bottom lane means you're the lowest rung of society doesn't mean anything in in the game the game doesn't play it like that but it's so it's so good i've i really really enjoyed it the animation's good isn't it considering it's a series yeah so to talk about the animation style it is generally you can tell that it's built in 3d but there are moments where you can't tell whether it's photorealistic 
or whether it's this absolutely gorgeous 2D hand, like painstakingly handmade panoramas. Um, whether whether you're looking over the sort of the architecture of the top lane, or whether it's like the deep, dark, moody bottom bounty hunter type. I don't know how how would you put it. The bottom lane is more. It's like the seedy moody. underworld. That's it. Yeah, it's more like the underworld. And um, for people who've never heard of the video game, you, you don't need to know anything. But for people who have played League of Legends, um, what's really exciting uh, is trying to guess who the characters are. At the beginning of the series, I had I I didn't clock that this this was going to become that character. Certain things happen to certain characters at the beginning, and they become the yeah the the the. The characters that you play in the game it's almost like you get small origin stories for each character in the game but it's so well interwoven and i think the main theme is really uh, childhood trauma yeah when you were watching it did you see what i'm i mentioned last time we spoke um it's nine episodes and each three episodes is sort of its own mini arc within the series. I didn't actually notice that. I kind of binged it. We can't really talk about it without giving away spoilers, but at the end of the third episode is Mm -hmm. when there's quite a climactic event, Mm -hmm. which I'll say to you now, but I'll cut it out. But it's when, so the end of the third episode is like the end of the first act. And that's like its own self-contained movie. Mm -hmm. And then the next three episodes, and then you get the final three episodes. So I thought that was quite good. I didn't even uh, notice that, um, and it was quite a good way to bring the motor, bring the um, the energy through as well. I think because you got these three sort of small arcs, and so you, it didn't feel like it was you were being dragged along for too long for anything. Yeah, yeah, it was it was fantastic. Maybe maybe the whole theme is not, you know, childhood trauma. There's a lot of. Um, you know the rich versus the poor power power versus people who are powerless um lots of kinds of struggles between the old and new ways of doing things um it works extremely well and it's very emotional i i actually found myself sobbing at some parts really yeah like like just quick sobs you know <laughs> that were like oh that was very poignant um yeah specifically the relationship between the two main characters uh vi and and powder uh, who are sisters i think i mentioned that yeah did you watch this on your own or, or with no i watched it i watched it on my own i i sank more than 40 hours into that game which for League of Legends is actually not that much, really. No, no. Um, I think my brother had more than a month played on that game. <laughs> I, I, yeah. the, the actual game, I, I think I played it once and it was just too toxic. Everyone, yeah, so- was, everyone was shouting at me. I was doing a terrible job. Because everyone else in the game was sort of mic'd up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they will tell you what they want to do to you and things like that. Uh, uh, I've never got people who are mic'd up. Did you uh, play on they, PC? Are they not mic'd up or do they just type? Do they just type in no, to you? No, no, they just type. They type. Uh, um, it's even worse because you have to really think about it if you're typing. Yeah, I really enjoyed playing it um, because I often played it with my brothers. And so if someone was becoming toxic, you would just join. You would just like... I don't know. Wouldn't not necessarily gang up, but you just find it funny, and you try and you try and troll them because all the all the insults are the same. It's like deinstall noob. Like, are you playing on Game Boy? Like, <laughs> why is your internet bad? Why are you so bad? Um, yeah, I, I wasn't the best. <laughs> and I had a bit of a learning curve as well. I think I played it once with you, 
Mm. And it was just one of those things where you were constantly telling me and using words which, oh, it was... Qu'est-ce que tu fais tout seul, Morgana? Oh, c'est, c'est un gong massive. Oh, porte kill. Non, non. Il fait beaucoup de DPS. Yes. Right. Yeah. That's the, I used to watch the, uh, the, the French uh, tournament leagues. That's, that's why I know all that. Yeah, that's an e-sport now, right? Yeah, it's a big so there thing. Are pe- there are people out there making millions of pounds playing that game. It's true. It's true. If you're, if you're a child who thinks you're wasting time playing, or whose parents think you're wasting time playing video games, just look at um, these successful esports people. Yeah, but there's then, more. There's more money now in esports, I think, than there is in, in normal sports. That that is interesting. That's probably not true. That's probably not true. But the video game industry is bigger than the movie industry. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say if if you're interested as a parent in League of Legends, <laughs> watch. Watch Arcane because uh, I think the kids who rage, you know, when their team is losing on League of Legends have some, there's a parallel between the, uh, you know, the childhood traumas and, and things like that. I think there's a certain kind of person that ends up raging at a game. Yeah. I think if you watch the series, you'll get no idea what the game is like. <laughs> <laughs> They're, they're, they're completely yeah. different. I don't really see any connection other than some of the characters are the same. No, it's just it's just the characters. So uh, there's a there's a particular person called Victor. Um, if you've played League of Legends, I suspect I I don't want to I don't want to give it away. But then I don't know how many of our listeners have played League of Legends. So I don't feel like be spoiling anything but it's quite obvious if you played league of legends it feels like he's going to become uh victor in 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 the in the game there there's all sorts of characters as well uh heimerdinger echo um but you just at the very beginning i couldn't have predicted who these who's who these people would have become and uh it, it's great very good so does that get the waltz time for approval Definitely. 100%. And it gets the Holt stamp of approval. Good evening, ladies, gentlefolk, Holtz and Waltz, and welcome to the 1933 Tripe O'Clock Wireless Radio Telegraph News, where we bring you the week's latest news exactly as it was 88 years ago. This time we talk about gambling terminology. It's 1933 origins and how you can guarantee a harmonious relationship with yours truly, Lady Luck. In early spring of 1933, long before indoor toilets and public hygiene, there was many a time a clendiferous man, lady, lady man or man lady, would find themselves in dire need of an umbrella. No. This was not the April showers, mind you. Twas the daily act of walking in a city dominated by mechanical horses, or automobiles, as they're now referred to. Passengers of city squares and square cities, normally inclined to walk in splendid squiggles, were relegated to the sidewalks. Editors note, contrary to popular belief at the time, Sidewalks did not allow people to walk on their sides. Passengers on sidewalks were regularly doused with public urine from the tops of buildings and the bottoms of people. Soon, the backwards thinking of this country par excellence turned this unfortunate event into a golden symbol of good luck. Eventually, it became a greeting to neighbors and passers-by and other people you especially didn't have time for. People would shout, look, urine, which then quickly became urine, luck, and then of course became urine, luck. Thus we have the origins of the phrase, give him a golden shower. Thank you for listening to the 1933 Tripe O'Clock Wireless Radio Telegraph News, brought to you by the HaltonWalt.com radio broadcast service 
and the Federation of Real, Authentic, 100% Historically Accurate Audio Library Technicians. So if you're really confused as why I mentioned Kick-Ass 2 at the beginning of that, it's because one of the characters, one of the main characters is played by someone called Ella Purnell and she appears in Kick-Ass 2, but I can't remember who she is. And the, the main character, Vi, played by Haley Steinfeld, mm-hmm. who you might recognize from True Grit, mm-hmm. the, the, the remake. I yeah. don't know if it's a remake. It's based on a book. So just a, I think a, there another was an old... adaptation of a book. Yeah, no, I think there was... Um, so the Coen brothers did True Grit, which was a remake of a an older version of True, True Grit, I think. And, yeah, but it's isn't it based on a book? Also, yeah. It's not a remake of a movie if it's just another adaptation of a book. Oh, is that how you view it? Well, yeah, because... You know, yeah, that's how I would view it. So the Lion King 2, uh, you know, the, the updated one is not a remake. Is there because... a Lion King book? Yeah. That uh, came out is, before the movie? Like Rudyard Kipling? Uh, the Lion right. King? No, or maybe <laughs> I'm thinking of the Jungle Book. Which, okay, so the Jungle Book, the remake, is based on... But there's the Jungle Book, the well, cartoon. See, this, this is a good example because there's been two Jungle Book movies recently. Yeah. Right? So the Disney one, done mm-hmm. by John Favreau, um, is a remake of the movie. Right. Because it's, it's quite similar to the original movie. Whereas the Netflix version, directed by... Um, who's the guy who plays Gollum? Oh my god! Um, yeah, I re- I know him. We'll uh, we'll we'll put it in the after credits, or I can just look him up. Just look it up. I I should I I should. Oh, Andy Serkis. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So Netflix did a version called Mowgli. Oh, is it a series or a movie? It's just a movie which they did on Netflix. Um, but it's quite it's quite different, and that's an ad- that's 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 from the book. So, mm. um, because it's quite different to the um. To the original movie, so that's a good example okay. of like a remake versus, a, I guess, a, re- a reimagining or um, a new a, adaptation. Yeah, a, re- a reinterpretation. So mm. I, I think True Grit's a book, isn't it? I might have made that up. The the Coen Brothers True Grit is one of the best westerns I've ever seen. Uh, I really enjoyed that, but I yeah. still have yet to see Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Um, oh, that's great. I mean, it's not as good as um, True Grit, but it's very good. And and I haven't seen. Um, I drink your milkshake. I drink it all up. You haven't um, seen. There will be blood. No, but that's kind of a western. It's western themed, right? Yeah, kind of. You know, I've seen it a few times, and I haven't yet loved it as much as most people seem to. Oh really? Is it just because the character is abominable? No, I just I've always found it kind of boring. Oh, it's incredibly okay. well made and um you know Daniel Day-Lewis fantastic but I don't know I need to give it another go soon I think it never tickled your beard how That's good right. his beard was you should watch Isn't... Ballad of Buster Scruggs you know it's an anthology right yeah yeah I I do enjoy I I also want to see the sisters brothers um so that follows a story about Charlie and Eli sisters their second yeah, I've name not, being I've Sisters, not seen that, no. which is based on a book and came out as a movie uh, due to the popularity of the book. Uh, and um, that's a Western, so I'm, I'm not too sure. And I still oh. have yet to read uh, All the Pretty Horses by uh, John McCormack, the guy who wrote The Road. That's supposed to be a, a very, very good book. Um, yeah, so I was, I was, I was mentioning uh, that I would quite like to see The Sisters Brothers, which is uh, based on a book by Patrick DeWitt, and it's a more emotional take on cowboys, um, and the main character likes to brush his teeth, which is unusual for a cowboy. 
with Joaquin Phoenix and John C. Riley. Oh, really? That that is a that's good casting because I can I can imagine John that C. Is Riley as good casting the main character, the brother who's quite an angry fella. He, uh, like me. Hey, yeah. maybe we should make a western. I think we could. I, I definitely think we could. Um, there's Can one I other ask... thing. Yeah, go ahead. Go Wait, ahead. Just you know, you know westerns, right? You know westerns as opposed to easterns. Like westerns movies. You know, yeah. cowboys. Mm-hmm. You can't really say cowboys and Indians these days, can you? But you know, westerns. Yeah, uh, cowboys and the people they brutally murdered. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> what I don't understand is, in those movies, it always looks brutally hot. Like yes. it's arid. It looks like they're in a desert all the time. Mm. I don't. I don't know exactly where they tend to be set, but it always yeah. looks ridiculously hot. But they're always wearing incredibly thick-looking leather. Uh, long coats and they're always Mm. walking around with sweaty brows and everything why don't they just wear something a little lighter i thought about that a lot too i guess it gets cold at night it yes yes it does but like the quintessential image of a western you you think of something like um the dollars trilogy and they're all stood around with incredibly burnt sweaty brows yeah okay so picture it this way it's a hot, sunny day, but you ride I'm a there. motorcycle. Okay, right? I don't. Right, okay. You're yeah. you're traveling at high speeds, uh, and if you get into an accident, you're gonna shred the skin off your flesh. Mm. Uh, little bits of tarmac are gonna end up in, in embedded in your skin, and you have to have a hop you know, a very special medical bath to get all those tiny little pieces uh, removed from your skin. Okay. Okay. Change, y- y- you know, like, it's it's hot outside. You could, you could wear nothing. You could just wear shorts. Or you could wear thick leather that's going to protect you if you get into an accident. I know, but then, what are you talking... They weren't riding motorbikes. No, they're riding... Flesh motorbikes. Horses? <laughs> horses? Yeah, but the horses... Well, I don't know how horse how horse or fast goes, but... They're, well, f- firstly, firstly... Like, they're not doing that 100% of the time. You... Th- yeah, but they're, they're, they're cowboys. They're herding massive cattle and things like that, which could pierce your skin. In addition, your legs chafe so much against a horse... That you need le- like long leather boots so that your mm. your trousers don't get ruined. The denim trousers were invented by cowboys to keep you know to to hard wearing trousers that are stiff when you first put on, and I absolutely hate wearing. I don't own any pair of of jeans. Um, that's why they were invented for the for the for the cowboy lifestyle. You have a hat, big old hat, because. You got to keep the sun out of your eyes. Sunglasses weren't invented then, you know. Um, gloves, you're uh, holding the reins. You're holding the reins, or you're holding some horns, um, so you don't get as many blisters. Um, and uh, I think that's the, the. And then also, like if you remember. The good old days, like the 1700s and 1800s, mm. when, with, with people with muskets and things like that, I, I swear they used to wear, like, their underwear were entire onesies, like pajama bottoms. I've seen yes. images. Yeah. It's just that as well. I, I don't get it either. I would have, I would have rather been an American, a uh, Native American, you know, running around topless Hmm. as you often do anyway correct yeah i mean i would too if i had a the body of a greek demigod (laughs) (laughs) well but Uh, does that answer your question 
It does. It does. I mean, that's that's pretty that's pretty good. I mean, I I still don't believe that hundred percent of the people back then, even people who were working in banks and things in the movies, they they seem to be wearing. Um, yeah, without air conditioning as well. Uncomfortably warm. I guess part of it is going to be fashion trends. Yeah. But oh, in a hundred years, will people look back on us and say, "Why the hell did you wear a noose around your neck for you know the most of most of your working life?" Like, what are you talking about? It's like, well, yeah, I think about ties. Ties are a weird thing, aren't they? I I do hate ties. I yeah. I find them very uncomfortable, and I, don't um, like ties. I think men's fashion has changed. It's actually it's actually acceptable to not wear a tie to work and just unbutton the top the oh, top button you you maverick no it's 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 uh no one at my work wears a tie i work from home so what i'm wearing right now is is what i've been wearing at work all day i think you should i mean a tie would complete the look <laughs> yeah you know just no the, longer just, yeah. just for the listener to know i am completely naked right now <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah. I mean, the sole purpose of a tie originally was invented so that you you wear it naked. It keeps your neck warm, but it also yeah. points to the most manly part of a man. Like direct, it's like an arrow. His toes. That's right. Charlotte giant... laughs. At, Charlotte laughs at my toes because I, I don't think this is that weird. This could be another listener potential listener contribution moment. Mm-hmm. Charlotte. You just gave a very weird look to the camera then. Um, Charlotte <laughs> Charlotte laughs at my toes because my second and even my third toe are longer than my big toe. That That is a hereditary thing. It's like a genetic thing that you might be from a long line of... Um, big toes. Chinese or Greek or something. I don't know. Uh, let me look that up. Toes longer... And um, she she shouldn't toe. really make fun of my toes because she's got her toes are like little fingers. Morton's toe or Morton's foot describes the condition where your second toe looks longer than your big toe. It's very doesn't, common. Doesn't some people just longer. have it, and others don't. In some people, Morton's toe may increase the chances of calluses forming on the sole of your foot and some other foot pains uh apparent uh, so according to according to this website that i've just typed in on google footknowledge.com it's schumann podiatry um the ancient greeks venerated a long second toe as the ideal of physical perfection now wow. who who has the real Greek demigod body? I th- I think it might be <laughs> I think it might be you. Whoa. Yeah, they'd look take one look at my long yeah. toes and go, there we go. Charlotte should be in awe. I'm gonna tell her that. Yeah. Um just a quick thing about my feet. Um I have knuckles on my feet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, can, I, I can make a fist with my feet and I'm not too bad at picking stuff up with my feet. You know, if I've left my socks on the floor, pick them up with my feet, put them <laughs> in my hand. <laughs> uh, and also just so, so the listener is aware, like my arms are ridiculously long. Um, are and, they? and they, yeah, yeah, they, they, they drag on the floor when I walk. <laughs> <laughs> you eat a lot of bananas I do actually um, I've just gotten back into bananas Alan you've gotten into bananas <laughs> no back back in I, I went off them for a while and, and now I'm back makes it sound like it's some kind of cult or drug or something <laughs> oh, yeah, I was off the well, bananas for a while but yeah, they yeah. dragged me back in well king of the fruits how's that yeah, because they're carbohydrate you know. Is it because it looks like a crown when you peel it? Well, only if you put it on your head. My dad used to work in a banana factory. Yeah? Used to bend them. <laughs> I like that. They, cu- they come in straight, but people want them bent, so... Yeah, yeah. 
Carrots he used was... to be purple, eh? Oh, we could just got some purple carrots in the post. <laughs> Expected? Uh, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They leave them on our doorstep. Um, Who's they? Odd the box. Uh-huh. We we get we get stuff that are going to be thrown away. And, uh, now, okay, so purple carrots. So carrots used to be purple, mm-hmm. and then for some reason they were um, it changed to be orange. Mm-hmm. So these purple carrots which you're getting, have they taken orange carrots and then bred them to turn purple again, or have they found original purple carrots and just started growing those again? I think what they've done is uh, just bloodied the workers and then <laughs> gotten them to handle the uh, carrots. And so it, you know, as, as, soon as, as soon as you start grating them, you, you realize... Uh, as soon as you start boiling them. Yeah, there's something wrong about... Oh, it looks more like a finger. Moreover, could you make a carrot any color through selective breeding? We've got purple yeah. ones, we've got orange ones... Could you make a green if, one? If you can make, so you're, if you can make a glowing goldfish through genetic manipulation, then I, it wouldn't surprise me if you could selectively That's from breed. Splicing, though. I'm talking about just sort of natural genetic modification. Enough time, yeah, I think so. You reckon? I guess yeah. the the gene has to be in there somewhere, though, doesn't it, for you to bring it out? Yeah. Um, so you could before, splice it in. So there's one one other thing. This is a this is a good conversation, but there's one other thing that I've I've need to mention. Um, yeah, yeah. So last year I mentioned an idea for a board game in one of the episodes. Uh, I mentioned, oh, wouldn't it be fun to make a board game based on uh, a group of people getting together and performing for various lords and ladies and the lords and ladies have different um, preferences for different performers. I actually went ahead and made the game. I, I've, I've played it a few times. Um, it, it works. It's, it's quite fun. It's not perfect. But uh, yeah, I, I, I played it with uh, Mr. Holt. Yes, I've played it and it was a lot of fun. We didn't really have enough time to really get into it properly, but mm. it was, like most board games, initially quite complicated and hard to understand. Just mm. from like the, you know, when you get a, a board game and you read the rules and it's quite complicated, but then mm. as soon as you start playing it, it all starts to make sense and it, and it was a lot of, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so I'll I'll give you, I'll give the listener... Um, a little thematic pitch. Picture picture yourself in a medieval time and and cast your mind back um, to the to the town of Havisham. The lords and ladies of Havisham eagerly await your performances. How will you steal the show? Sabotage your opponent's journeys with highwaymen. Risk your chances with star performers or strategically grow your company, their personality traits and items. Make sure to keep your performers well-fed and housed, though. Exhausted performers are no use. Leave your mark on Havisham and become the most famous travelling company by any means necessary. Fame and fortunes await. I don't know if that was uh, medieval sounding. It, It turned a little bit. Sounded awfully medieval. Just put a loot in the background and you're there. Yeah, well, maybe you can do that in post. Um, See, now this goes back to what we were talking about. You're going to be the successful one. You're going to release a board game, uh, be thrown into the stratospheric heights of board game fame, and leave me behind in your wake. I won't leave you behind, my friend. (laughs) The whole reason I... uh, did this board game is is so I can so we can play together. <laughs> it's going to be Mister Monopoly Man with his monocle and his cane, and, and then, the and the new Greek demigod who gets uh, you know three um, D prints of his his foot sculpted and sold around <laughs> the world. 
you'll you'll have to superimpose my feet onto yours, and then you've got the perfect. Uh, uh, no, no, I don't think I don't think the foot would suffice. I think you need the beard and the belly, and and the skin. The skin. Yeah, we're going all the way. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's uh, I can I can vouch it's an excellent board game. Um what's oh, your plan uh, with it? So uh, the the name, the working title is Traveler's Company. Um and I actually went to a group in London called um well it's a playtesting group um where other previously published designers um meet up and and mm-hmm. we we help each other out, you know giving feedback on the games and one of the guys there said yeah you've definitely got something here keep going with it so the plan is well unbeknownst to you said this is a bit of a surprise Mm-mm. but i've i've kind of stopped i've put that on pause there's there's another game that i'm working on goodness gracious uh, a board game yeah it's not it's another board game it's more of a card game um and it's called i I won't give you any more of the the details. Um, maybe we can save that for next episode. Uh, but it's called Micro Moon Marauders. Uh, Micro Moon Marauders Co. I should say it's got the company in uh, similar with the with the other game. And um, for that one, I'm writing an application to the UK Games Expo. Ah, uh, so you're not doing that for your? I thought you were going to do that for your other game. Or are you doing that for this game? I'm doing it for Micro Moon Marauders first because it's a more complete game, oh, um, right. and, and and I've I've play tested it several <laughs> times, um, and it's unbelievably fun. Uh, it's it's fast paced. Um, games last fifteen to twenty minutes. Plays two to eight players. Um, it's it's very exciting, and so I'm going to use that as the application to try and get invited to UK Games Expo publisher designer speed dating. Applications open in March, and the the UK Games Expo is in June. So if any of our listeners want to join, you, you know you can you can definitely go to the UK Games Expo. I'll I'll, I'll probably be there. Where is that? One. I actually think it's in Birmingham pretty far north if i don't get invited to the designer publisher thingy i'm gonna go there anyway and and pitch the game good job alan good job um but if if the listener is interested uh, i'll put some information on the website when we release this episode um and send uh, a newsletter as well with some of the images and a little bit more information about traveler's company and you can check the website. You can sign up to the newsletter on haltandwalt.com. And uh, yeah, if you're interested in board games, ch- check it out. Are you sad that your bell and dongs? Well, make it ding with the 20, 22, 2000% strength Viagra made by Bong Bing, a Halt and Walt company. The only company that cares that your dong dings. Warning, only been used on medicated animals and sheep herders. Excellent. Now, Alan. Belfast, tell me. Uh, I went to see Belfast last night. I specifically wanted to see it in the cinema because it seemed like a very cinematic movie. Um, it's got a lot of Oscar buzz. There's a very high probability that it's going to win Best Picture this year. So I thought I'd go see it in the cinema. And overall, I thought it was very, very good. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I, I I thought it was very compelling. Um, it's, so... Yeah, it's by, by Kenneth Branagh, directed and write, wrote it. Um, semi-autobiographical. So mm-hmm. it, it sort of focuses around the life of a, a young boy during the height of the sort of catholic protestant wars it, i mean it is kind of like a a war that the 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 scenes where there's sort of riots in the movie 
which which aren't that many, but when they are presented, it does feel like you're in a war movie, um, mm. which I guess is his the way that he remembered it, um, and it's quite intense. Yeah, it's very intense. Um, it's black and white, but there are choice uses of color, and what's really interesting is that it definitely feels like it's from a child's point of view. You get the sense that. Either, either the director is playing with your um, understanding of movies and anticipation of violence, or it's just the atmosphere. But it feels like at any moment, there could be some kind of bomb, there could be some kind of uh, like violent thing where all of the characters are just wiped out, or some of the char- something absolutely horrible, and it's... All- it's always there in the background that this this thing could happen. Uh, the choice of use, the, the the colors, yeah, the choice of color is specific to um, movies that the child sees within the um, the fi- uh, within the film, and it sort of gives you this impression that they were very very formative very influential on on the boy's life and uh, as as you can as you know like it's a semi autobiographical so he ends up becoming the director but yeah it's it's very compelling um star started cast Jamie Dornan Kieran the the Hines? The, the, the yeah Kieran Hines. For, yeah Jamie Dornan was great for me the two standouts um, the mum, whose name I cannot pronounce, shall we? Shall we risk it? Is Johnny? Well, is Johnny? Is Johnny going to kill us? Yeah, Johnny. I guess it's an Irish name. Uh, Catriona Balfi. <laughs> <laughs> I apologise. I've got absolutely no. Um, yeah, I do. That is. Uh, I think who it could be. Katrina Balf. Katrina. I don't know how you pronounce that. Right. Well, anyway, the mum, she was great. I mean, it's quite a devastating performance, I think, because the family is sort of almost being forced into a situation where they have to leave Belfast, but it's it's all they know. You know yeah. every single person on the street that you live on, and mm. you don't want to leave that environment, but it's becoming so dangerous for yourself yeah. and for your children really um yeah. and so really it's largely the film i think is about her grappling with the fact that she's going to have to leave home um yeah. and also the other character i thought was great who you mentioned was kieran hines who plays the granddad mm. he he was um i guess maybe that's how he remembers his granddad but he he was yeah. a lovely character um yeah brilliantly acted for sure um, um Interestingly, I think the Irish are some of the... I think they've experienced the biggest exodus of their own people in in the whole world. So I think from the potato famine and other kinds of things, it's why it's what one of the characters mentions, you know, why why have so many people left? And, and uh, they respond, well, like the world would be... A, a far worse place if we didn't have pubs. Yeah, well, she says that the Irish people are leaving, otherwise yeah. there wouldn't be any good pubs anywhere. That's right. That's right. And she well says said. that if, yeah, and she says that if you leave Ireland, all you need is the sheet music to, um, the sheet music to old Danny Boy, a and pint a Guinness. of Guinness, and, yeah. and something else as well. Yeah. Um, but I think I think it's, it's it's something crazy, like more that you know they they lost more than half of their population during the potato famine by by just like exodus um, and and death. So it's yeah, it's it's a good movie. And at the end, it says for the ones who stayed and for the ones who left. It's sort of yeah, it's I, for, for for them. I did have one problem with the movie. I thought it was really, really lovely, but there was one thing which kept sort of bringing me out to it, uh, bringing me out of it, which was the fact that all of the music, basically 99% of the music, 
is Van Morrison music. And right. I like Van Morrison, and I understand that he's important uh, to Belfast. But a lot of the time, I just didn't feel like it fit that well. Um, I disagree. I didn't even know that it was Van Morrison until I saw the credits and someone told really? me. Really? Genuinely. I am not a cultured man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you can you must recognize his voice. But even if you didn't know it was Van you know, putting aside who it was, I just mm. didn't necessarily feel like the music always fit that well. Um, I, I, I particularly loved the saxophone. I think there's there's a few scenes where a lone saxophone plays and it suddenly elevates the black and white scene um, to to an almost artsy, melancholic level. Um, maybe reminiscent of uh, Blade Runner uh, or the fantastic Samurai Jack version of Blade Runner. With, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I really, I really like the music choice. Okay. I think from what I've read about the movie, that's it's a lot of people say they really like the music. A lot of people say they struggle with it, especially since Van Morrison has turned into a bit of a quack since all this COVID stuff came about. <laughs> oh, really? I, I had no idea. Yeah, he's he's uh, very anti-vax and a bit crazy, oh, it really? seems. But oh, I mean, really? you've got to dissociate the artist from the art, haven't you? But even still, I felt like maybe an original score... Um, you know, there are times when I felt like maybe a more traditional Irish tune could have gone well, and then it just goes into some. Yeah, it just it didn't always fit to me. But that's yeah, just, yeah, that's yeah. just me. But, that's just me. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Was Van Morrison important to Belfast in the nineteen seventies? I think he made a lot of music about Belfast and was one of the few. Apparently, this is what I understand. One of the few artists who sort of wrote that sort of music, and also I think Kenneth Branagh was a big fan. And is a bit yeah, so and it's then, his movie. He can do what he wants. Yeah, so then it's also the the influence on the on the boy's life in the movie as well, just to put you in in his mind, I guess. Yeah, seal of approval. Definitely stamp of approval. Definitely a stamp of approval. Absolutely, the, foot, the, the foot sole of approval, the toe of Greek approval. The big toe of approval. The big second the toe big, of approval. Big second toe of approval. There we go. All right. Um, Do toes have fingerprints? Yeah, toe prints, sure. Absolutely. Are they unique? Well, of course they are. It's not like everyone has the same toe print. <laughs> <laughs> I just never thought about it. I, you know. It's not as worthwhile um, for crime scene investigation to take somebody's toe prints at the police station um, or to dust for toe prints because I think it's pretty rare that people walk around barefooted or open doors with their feet. Oh, I don't if, know about that. If, if that were a cultural change, I can imagine they would, you know, if people suddenly decided to start opening doors with their feet, uh, cu- cutting food with their feet, kill- killing people with their feet, things like that. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's a good idea for a uh, for a movie. Well, the there 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 is a sci-fi movie that I can't remember the name of. It's like Eon Prime or or something where one of the characters gets their feet amputated and uh, replaced with hands. <laughs> oh god. And and so they can, you know, shoot guns with their feet. It's uh what? <laughs> Is that Eon Flux? I've not seen it. That but... is Eon Flux. I was I was trying to remember the name. Yeah, it is Eon Flux. Wow. So she can, he or she can hold four guns. <laughs> well, if you're on your back, I guess. Or or two <laughs> large guns, or one really massive gun that takes four hands to hold. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then you could do that on your back, even if you had feet, because you yeah. still need something to stand on. If you if you were to put hands on your feet, I think the most tricky part would be the orientation. Do you want it so that when you, if you flex your hands back, do yeah. you want them to be facing out away from you, or or do you want them to be facing off to the side? No, you have them. Do you understand what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. So so rather than having them facing back, 
or having them facing forward like you're doing a handstand. You have one forward, one back, and that gives you the most stability. One forward and one back, so totally... Um... Yeah, why, why, why have you got to be symmetrical all the time? Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, any closing thoughts? Closing thoughts, closing thoughts for the day. Um... Closing thoughts. Um, the reason you have feet on your feet and not hands is because they're better at bearing weight. That was profound. Monkeys doesn't matter so much. They're in the trees. Yeah, please comment, rate, subscribe. Uh, thank you very much for listening. We enjoyed your company very much. And I love you very much too.